love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Now this is a story all about how this podcast went from up to down. And I'd like to take a minute to reflect right here that we're covering a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I give you a nice three stars. Oh, out of five. Out of five, so I was good. Uh, middle, middle, middling. Middle, middling, middling. Yeah. Is that also a, a foreshadowing of thoughts on what we're covering today, perhaps? Mm, well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Wait 30 seconds, guys, for our opinions <laughs> on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's reboot, Bel-Air. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. Okay, uh, this week we will sadly not be joined by Eddie Z fans. So, you know, Eddie Z fans, you might as well tune out now because he's not going to be here. No, don't. Show <laughs> him that we are strong without him still. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, this is a much needed kind of movie break. We haven't done TV in a while. I feel like it's been a lot of movies. Has it? Yes, it has. Coda, Batman... Uh, the Nile, Cyrano, yeah, Cyrano. Oh, Cyrano! I'm still mad about. (laughs) I'm still still listening to that soundtrack. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) So we're actually going to probably do like a quarterly review from now on. You know, so pretty soon we're going to review all the stuff that we've covered from January into March. Uh, So this is one of the last ones we're going to be doing. And this is a pretty controversial one. If you follow us on Instagram, Orlando even posted a video, you know, about the fact that this was coming out and just like people just not into it. Right. Because growing up in the 90s, if you're kind of like a kid who grew up in the 90s, like Fresh Prince was the coolest. And that legacy is very much intact, kind of like how Friends' legacy is very much intact for 90s Mm -hmm. kids. And so to touch it, is kind of almost blasphemous, right? Right. And um, obviously, Rolando, I don't want to speak for you, but you weren't too thrilled about the idea of this reboot, were you? I wasn't thrilled about the idea of a gritty, realistic, modern take on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because, I don't know, it just felt like you're just taking something so pure, something so fun, Something mm-hmm. so much of its time and kind of bringing it a facelift that yeah didn't need. Yeah, and that's what's kind of like the trend, you know, is taking something and giving it this grittier, more realistic thing. And part of me is like, are we like, are we not over this yet? Are we, are we in like the phase right now where this is the thing that people want? And when are we going to get the reversal where we take dramas <laughs> and lighten them up a little bit? You know, I can't wait. For that to be the new trend where we take really gritty stuff and we remake right. or reboot it a little bit funner and, you know, more tongue in cheek. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, you got a great one with uh, 21 Jump Street when they did that. Yeah. Well, I never saw the original 21 Jump Street. So oh, I don't know it's the tone drama. change there. It's there a very big tone. It's a huge tone change. 
you know that too bad we didn't have our podcast then because i really enjoyed that film and that would have been fun to talk about Mm -hmm. discuss but but anyway um and even if you didn't grow up in the 90s and, and you're one of our listeners who might be a little bit older i think you know at least the lasting cultural impact this has had i mean you kind of can't bring up the Fresh Prince without discussing the iconic theme song and That's the true, fact yeah. that it it launched Will Smith's career as both a rapper and an actor. I think by the time Fresh Prince came out, he was already an uh, established rapper. Not necessarily a successful one. I think he had his one Grammy and that's it. But I don't... Yeah. But he like wasn't... next phase to like... I mean, Will Smith was probably the biggest movie star of the 90s. Right. I think as a result of, I mean, this show for sure helped. Ca- I mean, he had no acting. T- he had no acting he skills. He had none. By the and time the, the first season of this drops. And yeah. little by little, he honed his skills and he would become like this blockbuster phenomenon. Yeah. The show ends and then he releases his album, uh, Getting Jiggy With It or whatever that's called. Stars in Men in Black. Stars in Independence Day. You know, has... Mm-hmm. Even Wild Wild West, you know, had a huge song to it. So it was like he was just kind of everywhere. And he was the coolest guy growing up in the You 90s. forget Bad Boys. Bad Boys. That was like one of his first ones. And it was really, really I think that was, that was that was what kicked off his like ownership of like the 90s summer blockbusters. Yeah. And if there's yeah. any young listeners who don't really know, you know, how big he was. Think about like The Rock like 20 years ago was who Will Smith was. Is that... Is that really who our like current equivalent I, is? Because he's the, the highest Rock, paid movie star. And that's yeah, crazy. He's because, so like, in demand. He he's. I mean, no, this isn't like an ageist thing, but like you know, Will Smith was like this like young thirty something. I don't know, like prime of his life. I'm not saying that The Rock isn't, but like when you compare, like The Rock has had like a long career up to this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. For him to be like the 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 big box office like guy is mind-boggling because i just still i still recognize him as the wrestler you know i know yeah i still think of do you smell what the rock is cooking yeah same. it is pretty crazy but it's also like the rock is not going to the oscars but he was at the super bowl just to be the rock like that's how big of a star he is like he's at the number one event that people are watching on television well that's where will smith is uh, a little different there because Will Smith got to go to the Oscars. Yeah, Will Smith will be going to the Oscars, but are people watching the Oscars? Uh, we'll see this year. Uh, but well, yeah, so because he won an Oscar, that was he has not won an Oscar. Wait, didn't Will Smith win an Oscar? I thought he won mm. for Ali. No, that was he just that nominated. Year training Day was Denzel Washington oh, won for Training Day. In oh, that's a that's a rough one too. That's a good one to compete against. Yeah, yeah. If I had to lose, but... I'd be okay with losing to Denzel Washington's uh, training day. Yeah, even though I would say, you know, the Oscars are notorious for giving the Oscar to actors for the wrong role. And I would say Denzel probably deserved it for something like Malcolm X or Philadelphia before he got it for training day. But again, I'm just glad he got, you know, okay. some recognition. So anyway, so we're here to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel well, you can't uh, talk about the Fresh Prince without talking about Big Willie style, you know, which I think was the name of the album, by the way. That there you go, Big Willie style, yeah. And just, I mean, there's so much, you know, like everybody knows who DJ Jazzy Jeff is. All the different, like, there's two dances that became a phenomenon from this show: the, the Carlton, Carlton dance, and then the uh, the, the one to dun, dun, uh, Apache jump on it, Sugar Hill, uh, Sugar Hill Gang. There is a song called Apache that they did a remix of. So Sugar Hill Gang did not create the song Apache. It's 
it's you know apache the song has been around for a while but they did a remix of it that then of course got popularized in bel-air so yeah fresh prince of bel-air i feel like this is more so your kind of like expertise so do you want to give us a little bit of history or do you do you mind you know i didn't i mean i didn't do my background on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I because <laughs> you usually do, but episode. Uh, wow. I prep for the background on Bel Air as is my usual. What's well, true? Uh, uh, but uh, I mean, in terms of the back, I mean, the show. Will Smith. Uh, long, long, short of it is, Will Smith was uh, approached by NBC to do a pilot. And uh, they were they, they they developed this idea of like all right what if we make a TV show about like this kid from Philly who gets sent to Bel Air this is going to be a kind of a fish out of water kind of a culture clash TV show that's like the premise it's a sitcom and uh, they released a few episodes and to their disbelief it became popular because they were ready to fire Will Smith right like NBC was not happy with like his bad acting and uh they were they, they were like this is not gonna succeed let's fire him and like just re either get rid of the show or move on with a different actor however much to their surprise will smith's charismatic charm just wowed america and uh the show would go on for four years before getting canceled by nbc and then after a strong letter writing campaign would come back for another two more years yeah, and uh, in that. those six seasons, they replaced the actress who played Aunt Viv to uh, what's it called to to a lot of drama behind the scenes. Interesting. Well, before yeah. we get into that, I do want to say that the creator of the show, who is a music manager named Benny Medina, uh, he kind of based this show. He created it, and he kind of based it on his own life. He grew up poor in East LA, befriended a a rich white teenager who lived in Beverly Hills oh. and, and, and they pretty much let Medina live with them. So Isn't he's that like, the dream. yeah. So he's like, Hey, I had a pretty interesting background. This sounds like a TV show. And at that time, Will Smith was known as the fresh Prince and he was making music with DJ Jazzy Jeff, which is why he's in the show. Um, and they created songs like parents just don't understand mm-hmm. and summertime summertime. Yeah. So, they were like, okay, let's take this guy who's got pretty good fame and, you know, just catapult him into the limelight. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about this recasting drama, actually. I didn't know about Oh, this. you didn't know this? On Viv getting recast? No, I did not. Janet Hubert was the original, and in season four, they replaced her with Daphne and Maxwell Weed. Uh, Reed, they, okay. Why did they do that? Do so know? the reason they did it was because Hubert was very, very vocal at how upset she was behind the scenes that like Will Smith kind of wasn't taking the role seriously, right? She is an actress who's been acting for years and she was kind of mad that this kid out of nowhere comes in and gets his own TV show. And not only that, he's not really a actor, right? So he's kind of goofing off on set, her, him and uh, Alfonso Rivero, mm-hmm. right? That's Carlton. The, the two of them would kind of goof off and have fun on set. And this was much to Hubert's dismay. And uh, she also felt that she was kind of the bigger, not the star necessarily, but like a lot of the better episodes of the TV show really revolved around Aunt Viv. And as a result, she when she came in for negotiating her paycheck, uh, she wanted a bump. Network said no. And uh, she was kind of such a, such a creating such a hostile work environment 
that like the cast didn't back her up, and so they fired her and replaced her with a wow. new Aunt Viv. Look at and, that. Uh, yeah, and new Aunt Viv comes on, and this Aunt Viv kind of um disappears a little bit, right? She kind of becomes a little bit. She's quieter. She's. I don't even think she had any like major storylines that revolve around her anymore. Whereas the other Aunt Viv, like she was. I mean, the first three seasons, like Aunt Viv is just such a presence, right? She is uh, beautiful. Not just beautiful, but like she also had like these like very very outspoken black storylines. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That the new Aunt Viv didn't get. And, you know, the other thing, it's a very significant difference because uh, there's a very big difference in the way they look. The new Aunt Viv is a lot... It, she she was a little... She was lighter skinned and stuff. And mm. I think when they lightened... When, you know, when they cast a lighter skinned actress, they kind of also took away a lot of that, like, blackness that was associated with the character originally. Interesting. Yeah. So you really watched this growing up, didn't you? Oh yeah, no. This show was. I didn't watch the show. Like I didn't know when I was watching this. I didn't know that this show was like. Uh, I didn't understand what syndication was. I didn't understand like what first run episodes were. I just saw this show on Channel Eleven, whatever, and because they would play it all the time. And I just grew up on this show. Like mm. it would just play all the time, and I watch it. And I've seen like I've probably seen every episode like at least five times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I saw this show growing up, just like I saw Full House and Growing Pains. But after a certain age, I stopped watching it, and mm-hmm. my memory of a lot of those shows that I grew up watching has faded. So I did have mm-hmm. to really go back and watch this show, yeah, uh, to get a to get a sense of it. Right. And I did see some interesting episodes. Um, and. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's plot is, you know, we've all seen it. If you're listening to this, you know it. But, you know, just to sum it up, you know, Will is a street smart kid from West Philadelphia who gets a little in trouble, probably while playing street basketball, and gang members confront him. According to the lyrics. According to the lyrics. (laughs) And it upsets his mother and says, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. And they live a completely different life from him. They're rich. they're They're affluent. You know, mm-hmm. they, the kids go to boarding school. So it's very much like a fish out of water premise with Will private there. Private school. Uh, private school, whatever. Yeah, boarding school, I think usually you had to like live there. You live there, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's a working class guy now in an upper class family. And it's kind mm-hmm. of about him, you know, butting heads with them with Uncle Phil, Aunt Vivian and his cousins, Spoiled Hillary, Pompous Carlton and Impressionable Ashley. Yes. And of course, the butler, Jeffrey. Uh, originally the show was supposed to have a lot of friction between uncle phil and will but they actually then changed the tension and the most of those dynamics to be between carlton and will smith who ended up being the other standout character from this Mm -hmm. show is alfonso ribiero who is someone that you know he's he's still around everybody loves this guy oh yeah no i he i think he does good eats now uh not good eats uh unwrapped on food channel yeah, he and hosts he a does... game show on Game That's Show it. Network. Yep. Uh-huh. I've yeah, seen no, him he, on To he... Tell the Truth and stuff. So he does that kind of stuff. Uh, but he's, you know, he's he he does what he does well, you know? Yeah. And he did a lot of Carlton well. And, yes. you know, it's interesting because I do kind of want to start talking about some episodes that I saw that I thought were really interesting. Because, of course, I saw the pilot where yes, I thought, you know, so Will, 
was a bit extra that whole episode. I was like, oh my gosh. It kind of reminded me of the first episode of Golden Girls where just like Dorothy was so sarcastic the entire time mm-hmm. where it was like, tone it the fuck down. Right. Like Will obviously has be- became a way more fleshed out character with like other emotions other than just being a complete, you know, smart ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because Zero Carlton and you did see that it was more so between Phil and Will. Yes. Couple episodes they, later, though. Uh huh. Oh, I was gonna say like they were your. Pre- I mean, he was the father figure. He ends up becoming the father figure to this character that you know. And I think in the pilot, he did a good job of establishing more or less what the not even thesis of the show, right? Because I don't know if it had a thesis, but like this whole idea of just like they explored this in a way that like the show wasn't exclusively about this, but it's just like what does it mean to be black, right? Yes. Uh, like Will Smith has his version of what it is to be black and Philip, the Banks family, because they are affluent, they have their own version of what it means to be black. And is there a lesser version? Right. I think that's like what the show, I think in his best episodes tries to explore. And they usually, and I think the reason Alfonso Rivera, uh, Carlton, Mm-hmm. becomes such a major character is because that's where that duality really exists between Will Smith, between Will Smith because the character's name is Will Smith and Carlton. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, one of the episodes that I kind of want to point out is actually the sixth episode of the first season. It's called Mistaken Identity. Did you watch this? Yes. This is the so one where they get arrested. They, they get arrested. So pretty much like Will and Carlton drive one of uh, Aunt Phil and Aunt, uh, Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil's uh, friends to Palm Springs because he's using his helicopter. Mm-hmm. And of course, two young black men in the car, they get pulled over by police officers. Mm-hmm. And Carlton, who, you know, doesn't live the life of a working class, you know, average black citizen, thinks there's nothing wrong with it, whereas Will knows exactly what's going to happen in this interaction with the police officers, and they get put into jail. Mm -hmm. And pretty much Will plays it, too, that it's like, they think I'm guilty, so I'm going to give them what they want so I can get out of here. Right. At the end, a lot of interesting characters happen. A lot of interesting conversations happen between Will and Carlton, and then Carlton with his father, where Will, you know, is just like, so what did you get out of this, right? Like, oh, well, Carlton says they were just doing their job. Yeah. Right. We were going really, really slow. And Will's like, oh, no, I always thought that they pulled me over because of racial profiling because, you know, it's a nice car and I'm a black man and I shouldn't be in that car. But no. Oh, right. It was because we were going slow. Thanks for covering that, like clearing that up. And then he asks his father, wouldn't you have done the same thing if you saw someone going slow? And his father was pretty much like, I remember when I asked myself that first fucking question. Mm-hmm. And Carlton just thinks to himself, like, but I would have done the same thing, right? And he almost has this crisis where it's just yeah. like, you know, is this the reality that I never knew about? Is this going to be my reality? Like, mm-hmm. and it was so interesting. And it's interesting, too, because this is 1990. I know this nothing is, has changed. <laughs> you know, this is Rodney King era, too. I don't remember quite the year, but around this year, you know, we get that footage of Rodney King being mm. brutally beaten by the police. So it's crazy because, yeah, like literally 32 years later, it still hits home. Yep. So I was just really kind of like blown away by that episode. Uh, And just another episode that I thought was really, really strong. I think it was in season three was when Will's father shows up. Is that season three? It's either season three or four. I could have sworn that was already with uh, uh, New Vivian. But but okay, yeah. 
It might Go have on. been. Okay, but yeah, yeah. So I think it was he, season four. But that is a good episode. That's also where we see like we start seeing like Will Smith's acting chops. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, he you know he shows up and he just is like giving Will all this promises about him being in his life, and Will's just getting so excited about his dad. And then one day, his dad just bounces, and Will can't take it. You know this abandonment that he feels from his father. I mean, I'm really, really summing it up. Yeah, um, but, I mean, because that had two good moments for Will Smith. Like, both the actor and the character, where the first fight is between him and Phil. Yes. Right? Because up to this point, Phil has been that father figure. He's giving him the warning. Like, look, don't get your hopes up. And Phil, and then he just, this is what he says. Like, you are not my father. Just, like, kind of snaps at that, right? Mm-hmm. If I remember yep. correctly. Mm-hmm. And then when the father is, like, trying to make a quick escape and has to, like, actually see his son and tell him, like, oh, I'm not, all these things that we promised we were going to do for the summer, I can't do them. I'm sorry. I'm going to go. Yeah. And Will Smith just has like this awful, like, like sad moment where he's just like crying. And I think he has like, why, why wasn't I good enough, man? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's so sad. It, it, actually me, I I didn't even see this episode recently. Right. Cause that's a rough one to watch for me. It, 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 it's just such a sad episode. I mean, right now I'm welling up. Not really guys, but you know, <laughs> it's nice to say. Yeah. And, and who's there to help him through it is uncle Phil, you know? So mm-hmm. it's also like, you know, what, what is family, you know, and who really is your family? You know, is it your blood or is it the people who take care of you and who love you? Um, so it's interesting because in this show, which is very kind of like silly and fun, and we have so many references in our pop culture about the music and the dancing, there are these episodes that I think that age really, really well that get to kind of like the core of of human stories. You know, there's that one episode, like I talked about, that's such a unique hasn't really aged story about what it is to be black in this country but then Mm -hmm. also like being abandoned by your parent you know and like that kind of story that we don't often get in a sitcom you know what it is to kind of have that absent parent in your life and the way that it affects you um kind of heavy stuff yeah yeah no totally i mean this show for all its comedy it also did a lot of not drama but like it did hand it did it, it dealt with issues at times it did, yeah. Uh, you know, ne- maybe not necessarily like issue of the week, but it dealt with some heavier stuff that you, you know. I mean, I grew up. This is like I was also watching Full House at the time, and like Full House would have that well, ep- special episode of the week. But this show, yes. it, it never felt like special episode of the week. It kind of felt like it they felt were more kind of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like this would it, uh, this would and, happen to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And now here's a funny thing. Do you know why the show started dealing with like some of those heavier episodes? Tell me. Because Will Smith, the actor, was a fan of the show Roseanne, and he kind of was pushing the writers to kind of give him give the show a little bit more oomph to work with and stuff. Yes, so. because those Roseanne was just excellent at that, and I still stand by Roseanne being a really, really great, important American sitcom. The original. That's no one. I don't think you don't get pushback on that. Uh, but it's the person that like is where the actor right and her personal beliefs where you're just like okay but like yeah there's certain people that i don't know if i can revisit their works of art um knowing some of the things they did but um i will stand by the whole cast and crew and writing team of Mm -hmm. roseanne there's actually a great episode written by a problematic person called josh whedon but i i still think it's one of the best episodes of a sitcom ever josh whedon wait who josh whedon wrote what he wrote a couple episodes for their second season of Roseanne. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Josh yeah. Whedon is problematic, but I will still watch the shit out of Buffy. <laughs> I you mean, know? yeah, now it's ours now. Like we said in Harry Potter, yeah. this is ours now. 
Uh, Brain Dead Poet Society in season two is probably one of the greatest episodes of a sitcom ever. It just does Ooh. everything right. And if we ever do cover Roseanne and the Connors, you know, I'm going to make you watch that episode. Okay. Uh, okay. So moving on. Any episodes that you want to talk about or like, you know, certain uh, like who is your favorite character? Oh, I, you know, I don't think I have a favorite character because I actually think for the most part, I love a lot of the characters like Hillary Banks kind of goes through this arc. <laughs> Just she like with so, Demi and Bruce. She and starts like off Charlie such a dummy. And she kind of, she doesn't change the kind of that ditziness. However, she does find success. She becomes like a TV. She goes from weather girl to being like a, uh, Oprah Winfrey type character by the end of the series, mm. right? She gets her own talk show. Hillary. Uh, she goes through that rough, engagement where like her fiance who was i think he was a uh like the news anchor he dies during the proposal right i don't know if you saw that episode where she's waiting she's like dressed in her wedding gown watching tv with the family because he's going to propose to her on live tv on a bungee jump and he dies (laughs) (laughs) holy shit (laughs) and uh, now that's a bit much that's not very organic it's so funny it's just like hillary bags will you marry and then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh. Um, so that's Hil- Hillary's. I, I like Hillary. Uh, Carlton is a character that I kind of grew to like as like they flesh out like his at, at like the tension that is ultimately at the core of what's you know between him and Will. Mm-hmm. I think they end up forming such a great friendship by the end of the series. Uh, Jeffrey. Is another one that I actually come. I love him. Like he's just so witty, so like, uh, quick to yeah. like just not snap, but like he will clap just, back to the family all the yeah, time. And he's yeah, just so I funny. roll at the kids and stuff, and it's just like, no, I'm just gonna do my job and not do anything else if I don't have to. There are those '90s shows too that people just like hold in high esteem, and and the way we view them, I think, will always just be like. This is this holds up. It's relevant and stuff. And I do mm-hmm. think that this is a show that holds up more so than say Saved by the Bell or whatever. Exactly. No, I would um, agree with you. Like Saved by the Hel- Bell, it's cutesy, but like it didn't have, it just didn't have the star power that this show has because I think yeah. all the actors in the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air are so strong. Specifically, James Avery, who plays Uncle Phil, the late great James Avery. Right. Yes. I was so bummed out when he passed away, and he. I mean, Will Smith is great, but, like, a lot of the heavy lifting the show does is because he's able to just bounce off of James Avery. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the two of them really do create a great dichotomy together. Yeah. And what about Ashley? Oh, I mean, I liked Ashley. So She had a storyline where she becomes a pop star for two episodes. Uh, okay. And she has this great song. Don't know got to make up your mind tell me and then will smith becomes her manager to try to scheme off of not scheme but like he he starts playing a uh, a u.s tour because he has like dates around the country with different girls uh he gets fired but she becomes a one-hit wonder this was a crazy storyline this is like later in the series yeah this sounds Um, a bit much uh, ashley also gave some good episodes like there's the episode where she wanted to lose her virginity to the guy who plays urkel oh and will is like try to talk her out of it, which is, you know, there's a, uh, I think she calls him out. It's just like, what are you talking? Like, all you want to do is get women. Like, I want to lose my virginity and I'm ready. Like, why can't I? Right. Like, that's kind of the conversation that they have, mm. which is fine, you know, which is true. I mean, you know, like we, 
uh, men are allowed to have sex on you know the show and stuff. And when the young girl who is finally coming of age wants to do it, it's just like who who are the men to say no? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Uh, so yeah, nah. Uh, so I like Ashley. She wasn't my favorite character, but she's an actress that when I was younger always wondered like why didn't she? Do- how did she not become more famous? Because she was so mm. hot, right? And she was actually talented. She could act and she could like sing. How she old had, was like, she? A little singing career. I don't know how. I don't know how old she was by the end mm. of the series. I want to say 18, probably. 18. Okay. I thought she was beautiful. When I was like a a little kid watching her, I thought she Mm -hmm. was a knockout by the end of the series. And it's interesting because I think the show also really plays with the fact that Carlton's kind of like dancing to Tom Jones and and being in a glee club with all white guys and a really terrible version of Brick House. Mm -hmm. I think that's ultimately the core of what this show is about. Like, why... He's an affluent black man, right? But that doesn't necessarily that doesn't make him any less black than he is, and I think that's what like the core of the show is. Yeah, which yeah. is why one of my favorite episodes actually is where Carlton, I think he goes. I don't want to say Compton, but like he goes to the hoods of L.A., maybe South Side, uh, to live with like some of Will. I don't know how they're yeah with, with his, Will's but, like, friends. Yeah, Will bring right. him. He bets him that he can't last seventy two yes. hours there, and then like he ends up. It's a two part episode, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're gonna do. They have like a stint going on in MacArthur Park, and that freaks Will the fuck out, and so he goes and get Aunt Viv, and that's another great Aunt Viv moment where she comes in to like snap at like the these like hoodlums, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get her son back, and uh, again, it's just like is that. And that's like early. That's like what? Is that season one or season two? That I don't was season know. Like, one. That was that's season, season one. one. Uh, season one has such good episodes. Uh, and then Aunt Viv. Okay. The original Aunt Viv. She gives such good performances. Like she, when she was a professor, right, of black studies, and she's teaching you about like black history. Like those were good scenes. Uh, but one of my favorite scenes for Aunt Viv is when she revisits uh, her ballet training. Mm. And because uh, she had just hit her 40th birthday, I think. And Jesus. so she go. She does an audition for like this dance, and like the younger white women, I think they were white, uh, kind of look at her like she's not gonna make it. But you know what? She outdances the fuck out of it, and it's such a great scene. I'm gonna find it on the yeah. That's where she does the snap and she walks does? away. This, yeah, she does a snap after after she knocks out that dance, walks out, and then faints. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously I could go on and on because like this show, I, I've watched this show so many times and it's one of those, I think I said it with one of my good friends in college, we were mm-hmm. like just getting stoned and just watching TV and like we get on Fresh Prince and we were just in agreement. This is like, oh, the Fresh Prince is a show that like, even when I was in college, it was like 10 years ago. It's like the show is still watchable. And yeah. I want to test that theory. That's why I was watching some of these episodes when we were going to cover the show. And I'm like, oh, no, it still holds up. The Fresh Prince is a good show that still holds up. And that's like, it's hard. It's a hard feat for a, a sitcom to like still have like longevity after it's been off the air. There is like kind of definitions of what it is to be black, right? To be part of a culture and to yes. embrace part what it is to be those things. Even like in the gay culture, there is kind of like... Uh, things that you know like people are like oh why aren't you more this or that you know like are you not accepting of who you are kind of a thing right. like, why are you trying to be someone you're not right which is right. an interesting dynamic I mean I think that's why they have him like dancing to Tom Jones and it's like uh-huh. this embarrassing thing that Will Smith walks in on him doing and stuff because it's like who the fuck does that 
in this household or in our culture. And yeah. So, which right. is, well, that's the thing though. Those things get to be more so jokes in the 90s version, right? Because it was the 90s. It's a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And even like the whole thing of the cops arresting the two guys, that whole audience was laughing. I think mm-hmm. if you put that in 2022, that audience would be quiet, you know, because they would be taking the heaviness of that situation more seriously. Whereas the nineties people weren't really getting it. And so I think that the way that at least in the nineties, because one, it's a sitcom and this was 32 years ago, things were kind of treated lighter and almost like they were kind of making like a statement on race and what it is to be black Mm -hmm. and what it is to be white. And I don't know, maybe it's me, but that's kind of one of the things that this new version kind of addresses head on. Okay, so let's get right into it. I think we should. I Well, you said you prepared your whole history and your spiel for this new one, and I, would, I really want to hear about the production of how this happened. On March 2019, uh, filmmaker Morgan Cooper uploaded a fan-made concept trailer. They call it a short film, but it's, it's really just a fan trailer yeah. of what a modern Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would look, would like. look like. And uh, I think... I think I remember seeing it from one of our class former classmates. Uh, he had he had sent it to me, uh, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, this is cool." He actually became a fan of the of the filmmaker and stuff. Uh, okay, you know. So anyway, uh, goes viral this video, right? Like this mm-hmm. fan made trailer goes viral. His and uh, to the point where Will Smith comes knocking on his door actually will smith has him fly out to wherever will smith was fly- was filming because he was filming bad boys three at the time uh has oh this uh gentleman fly out and meet with him and he says yo where did you get this idea from because it turns out will smith has been trying to figure out how to bring back the fresh prince of bel-air and it turns out that this guy more uh i, I said his name but i just already uh morgan cooper right is that right no Sorry. Yeah, Morgan Cooper. So he asked Morgan Cooper, uh, all right, what do you want to do with this? And I think Morgan Cooper's initial pitch was to do a film, but Will Smith kind of wanted to bring the show back as a show. And Mm -hmm. this is all happening as uh, the Peacock is also in development. So Peacock, while it's also being worked out, has a meeting with Will Smith and they announce together that they're going to do uh, that. This show Bel Air is going to be picked up for two seasons. So they got a two season deal That's out crazy. of, uh, out of this deal. Now this guy, Morgan Cooper living the filmmaker dream right there. Right. Because Seriously. Like, I, I, I bow to him. It's just like, I wish I had the talent <laughs> to make a fan trailer and then have it turn into a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was announced officially in August of 2020. And uh, so this is, peak pandemic uh and i don't think we saw the first trailer until like maybe a few weeks ago whenever i posted maybe a couple of months ago like early this year and uh you know will smith was attached they built a writing crew around it and they just you know the pitch of the show is basically we are going to turn this comedy into a modern drama yeah and uh and here we are bel-air yeah, and this only just recently started coming out, right? Like, I think it was released in February. February 13th, 2022. There we go. So we're a month behind, but this is still a relatively new show. If you're listening uh, when this It is relevant. Well, yeah, because I think the, the season finale drops 
this probably this weekend. There we go. Mm-hmm. How many episodes did you watch? Three. I saw the initial three that came out with the with the with the drop because the first three episodes all dropped at the same time. Yeah, me too. Okay, first off, what did you think? Okay, I wanted. I came in closed minded. I came in saying it was just like I don't need this. Why mm-hmm. am I getting this? Mm-hmm. Uh, like who is this for? And then as I'm watching it, I realize oh, this is for me because <sighs> I do love a good teen drama. Mm-hmm. It was a black version of the OC, which listeners should know is like one of my all time favorite teen shows. Uh, it was also the first episode was a very Euphoria light, and that's like one of my newer favorite. So by which I mean it's just like. The Morgan Cooper, who also directed the first episode, he stuck to a lot of the aesthetics that he had for the original one, which was kind of like having it starts off with Will Smith's, who's also Will Smith in the show, uh, like sitting in a throne uh, Mm -hmm. and they're alluding to like this crown. Right. Like his mom is telling him, like, you're going to be a king one day. Mm -hmm. Get your crown. Right. And uh, so they have like these kind of uh, I don't know. That's surrealist. How would you describe them? expressionists uh, uh, shots of like him, yeah like uh you know they're not they're, they're almost surreal right they're not really part of the reality they're just like kind of there, kind of showing us like what's in his head or visualizing like what we see then we saw we see those twice we end we open the episode on that and then we also see him like when he's in that pool when he gets thrown into the pool and lisa comes and saves him yes right we kind yes. of go back to that kind of that motif that kind of like uh surrealist feel uh it felt very euphoria like Okay. Because that's what Euphoria does a lot. And, uh, but the OC, in which is this fresh, you know, this fish out of water story where this, like, young guy from the wrong side of the tracks ends up living with a rich family. And I was just like, oh, perfect. I I gravitated towards the story and I realized, how did I not realize? I, I tweeted this, guys, by the way, <laughs> if you follow our Twitter. But how did I not realize that the OC was just a white version of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Is beyond me. But this show just solidified that for me. So we're just seeing like, yeah, we're just seeing these stories just rehashed over and over again, guys. I shockingly, I came out saying, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in. I, you know, it, it, you have to watch the show removing a little bit of like your love of the original one because they're two very, very different shows. And I think that was a hard thing for me to do in the pilot, the first episode. Mm -hmm. However, I think by the end of the first episode, it kind of, I'm able to see, like, yeah, they're really removing themselves from the original one, and that's fine. Like, they took the original one. It's a hard jump to go from comedy to drama. It that's is. a really, really hard jump. And I think they were able to do so successfully. Is it the best show? No. But for the for what they're kind of putting forward, I'm, like, I'm shocked at how much I'm enjoying it and, like, how how they kind of they thought it out pretty well. Yeah, so I also went into this too being like, oh, I got to watch this. I mean, I'm always that way about TV shows. Um, right. It's it's nothing against Fresh Prince or anything. I just don't want to watch television. I, mean, um, I feel like TV is a higher art form now than film, but that's no, just me. I, And it was interesting because the first episode is an hour, right? So it plays more mm-hmm. like a film. And it really does expand on pretty much what happens in the song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the theme song of it The does. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it got me thinking like, wow, I never really questioned you know, the backstory to that theme song. It was just quite mm-hmm. simply, oh, my life got turned upside down and they said, you're going to go live over here. And like, 
how bad was it, right? And what does mm-hmm. he have to live with that he has to move out? And what was his reality? And you see him on a basketball court and like, you know, all these gang members come and they, you know, they they treat it really, really lightly. So, of course, in a drama, they're going to expand on that. And you right. get to see what happens. And they really hit on a current issue, too, which is, you know, cops, uh, the way that cops treat black people. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he had a weapon. Um, so, you know, he got treated a, a very different way, which is even more kind of like violent and treated like uh, a criminal. Well, I don't know. I feel like the most unrealistic thing here is that like a black a young black man with a gun didn't get lit the fuck up by the cops. But, you know, we're, we're, we're such right. Exactly. So that right there, I was just like, OK, wow, you're just putting this whole theme song in like you never it never made me realize before how much I was like how many questions I had about that theme song and that I, yeah, maybe I wanted a backstory to it. It kind of lost me once that villain became so persistent to kill him that like now he's like trying to find him in Los Angeles and it's like putting like yeah. a fucking thing on him. I'm like, this is a bit I don't, much. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there. I'm just like, okay, we don't need, like we have Carlton as the villain. I think that's, that's, that's sufficient. We don't need, he's not even the villain, the antagonist. I don't yeah. need like Will to have like an even higher enemy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is fine. We're out of Philly. Let's stick to just let's stick to the OC Bel Air. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, can't we create some other source of conflict? Right. But this is becoming a thing, at least in the episodes that we saw. Uh, he comes to Bel Air and the family dynamics are pretty similar to the ones that were established in the new one. But now this whole tension between him and Carlton is it's not funny. It's not light. It's really intense these two do not like each other and right. they r- represent two very different types of men um one Ooh, east coast one okay. west coast and you know sure. one who has this idea of what it is to be a, uh, a member of his race and one who has an idea of what it is to be a member of his class so you have class and race mm-hmm. dynamics kind of going up against each other and you know that's the thing they yes. say that the things that dominate this earth and that the people look at more are, are race, sex, and class. And everyone varies. But to me, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who says everyone will look at you differently based on your class first. And then they'll look at you based on your race and your sex. Do you feel that way? No, I actually think race first, then class, then... Oh. But what if you saw... Hang on, now rich... I'm because I keep forgetting like... I usually don't look at sex, but I think more people... So I'm going to say race first, then sex, and then class. Wow. So you think class is at the bottom? I Well, I mean, I'm not saying... I'm not saying, like, it's, like, a big gap in between all those. I'm saying, like, that's, like, the first thing. So you, the first thing you'll notice is whether or not someone is... Uh, what race they are. White, black, uh, if they're a different uh, ethnicity other than, than other. Then the next thing they'll notice is whether or not this person is male or female... Uh, and then the next thing is based off of those prejudgments you have, then class comes into play. I think I need to rephrase my question then, because I think, what do you think, uh, really to, is like how people judge another person, not first glance, more so well, like how you are perceived as a person. I think class, because you can be a person of any sex and of any color, but if you're fucking rich, everybody loves you and treats you a certain way. Yes, I think, yeah, not at first class, not uh, gla- class, not at first glance. I was thinking just first glance is how yeah, they judge. Yeah, No, uh, more so yeah. like how people if, treat you and how you get treated. Absolutely, class, 100%. You're 100% class. 
class will trump class will trump race not by much i'm saying but i will say that class will definitely trump race like yes absolutely and sex too i think sex and race are tied for for a second in terms of how people will treat you and, Mm -hmm. and 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 think of you and approach you um so carlton is very much of that class world and he knows the power that he has with his class Mm-hmm. Whereas Will Smith in this show has more street experience and has been more part of a community, right? A very proud, mm-hmm. he's very proud to come from his community and his identity uh, as a black man is very important to him. And whereas I don't think Carlton, and correct me if you think differently than me, I don't think Carlton's identity as a black man means as much to him as a rich man does. I would agree with you. This version of Carlton identifies first with class than he does his own race. Actually, we saw that in the pilot because one of the first interactions Will has with others in Bel Air is when he goes to the locker room and these white guys are are you know rapping along and dropping the N word, mm-hmm. and Will is just like, "No, you don't get to say that." And the first thing. Uh, Carlton calls him out and is like, oh my god, immediately you play the race card, right? So right there, we already see a difference of how they view uh, identity politics here. Yes. Uh, and I think that was actually a great scene. I thought that was effectively done. I was just like, okay, they 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 kind of figured out what's going to be the core issue between these two characters. And I thought, okay, effective. Very well executed for a, for a, a I hate to say that for a Peacock TV show. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> no, I mean, well, I agree too, because yes, it establishes, but then like even Carlton one ups him and he's like, oh, so when you're talking to me and you're trying to prove a point, you know, you could say whatever words you want, but when it's just people, you know, driving along to a song, singing the lyrics, it's an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, and it is interesting, you know, like, so that sh- immediately is something that this show brings to the kind of like the forefront that was not really something that the other shows dealt with um along with the fact that yeah violence and what it is to like be a man who had to leave his his life behind in bel-air and and what that culture shock is and how he Mm -hmm. is perceived as not being of this class Mm -hmm. uh is just way more at and and class and all the benefits and privileges of class are way more at the at the focal point of this show, especially yes. with the fact that Uncle Phil is running for city council, I believe. DA. DA. A big District thing. Attorney. But yeah. he's, you know, he lives in a fucking mansion. And a lot mm-hmm. of his voters feel isolated from him because of this. Yeah. You know, which is totally valid because class also the class divide in the 21st century, I think is more of a thing that's on everyone's mind than maybe it was when the first Fresh Prince of Bel Air came out. I think it's like definitely one of the biggest gaps we've had since the 20s, right? I could be mistaken about so. that, but I'm pretty sure it's like it's the 1920s it's been a is like while. the biggest yeah. gap we had. Yeah. Ever since Reagan, you know, did the whole Reaganomics things and didn't really tax the rich, uh, we've had it's just grown, you know, 99% for a fucking reason. Mm hmm. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm really summing up history here. So if there's any history buffs that are listening, it's like, well, it's not quite this and stuff. I apologize. Please don't come for me. I'm just trying to sum things up and get back to our focal point of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I thought that was one of the best aspects of this show. Yes. Um, although, again, just like I liked the fact that they showed what it is, you know, what a, what a young black man has to deal with and cops, then taking that aspect and get, going a little too television-y with it. 
was well, a bit it's much. A television show, it is right? a television show, but also <laughs> it's like if you're going for gritty and real, then keep going that direction. Oh, um, so you wanted to see Will Smith get? Wait, what are you referring to? Get shot? I'm no, I'm referring to why does that guy now have to come and hunt him down in L.A.? You know? Like, oh, you're talking about the, 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 yeah. the, the thug, the guy, the thug. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know because how is he going to fly out to L.A.? Because I don't know. I know flights are not that expensive. I guess he's a drug dealer, sure, but like, it seems like a lot of work. It just seems exactly. Like a lot of work it's just it's <laughs> all becomes very unrealistic, and it's like yeah. okay, now like this guy would have fucking dropped it, like because they're on. high school students, right? At least that's the implication. Well, I think he's a dropout, but even then, it's just like all right. What kind of money does he have to be like sending drug people money, or himself obviously. to L.A.? I don't know. I just thought that that was too much. I don't. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> it was a little silly. The hunt, the 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 fact that like this guy, the guy who beat up Will Smith, or well, I mean, he, uh, the fact the guy who got in the fight with Will Smith is like the one after him. I don't know. I I agree with you. I thought it was silly. It's just like let's. I don't need that. Let's let me just focus on make that a season two storyline, right? Let's focus this season on just Carlton versus Will because I got into that. I I. I ate that shit up. Oh my like, gosh! Well, they really played it um, to yeah, the point where did. almost it became a bit much. And I'm going to give you a specific example. I could have taken a shot every time they closed up on. They did a close up of Carlton's face, watching Will do something, and Carlton looking at him with such hatred, with his lips quivering. I could have mm. taken a like. I could have drank a whole fucking bottle of whiskey to the amount of times I saw that shot in this fucking show. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> it was so, and it's like I'm it actually kind of for the melodrama of it, but I'm like, damn, like how many times are we gonna see this beat of Carlton just looking at him with utmost hate and jealousy? Well, like I think you're so overusing much, yeah. this, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, oh, wait, so all right, let's just take it back a little bit. So I think one of the bigger differences here that we see in Carlton is that the original Carlton was always like kind of like the nerd. Yes. He was kind of like a geek, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take race and class out of it. He was just like kind of undesirable because he's kind of like a little bit of a loser, right? Mm-hmm. You got all the money in the world, but like you're still a loser. This Carlton is not that. This Carlton is cooler. He's doing blowing lines of Zanny like the cocaine. Uh, and he actually has an ex-girlfriend, Lisa, who, you know who Lisa is in the original? Uh, no. Okay, so Lisa in the original one is, in the original series, is the woman that Will's character got engaged to. Uh, they never they never walk down the aisle. They break up. But uh, okay. he, she is, like, I think, like, the most, outside of Tyra Banks, she's, like, the most notable love interest. Uh, that's oh, right. Tyra. Did you know? Tyra Banks. I did not know that, yeah. Tyra yeah, Banks got remember. her acting start on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She played, like, his former high school love. Anyway, uh, Lisa in this show, ex-girlfriend to Carlton, which was, I thought, a bold choice, but mm-hmm. one that, like, any writer throws in for the extra drama. Of it oh, all. yeah, for sure. And the love interest for Will Smith. She is in the school on, like, a scholarship or something, right? Like, she's not from the area, but she's there because she's a good swimmer, and she kind of has her eyes set on you know doing olympics or something down the line i don't know the point is that she is what is causing a big part of the big rift between carlton and will uh i just want to go back to so uncle phil i just want to say this james avery is a god bless the man who decided i'm going to take up the role of uncle phil made famous by james avery because that is a very very hard 
pill to swallow. And even yeah. I'm still not necessarily the craziest about this version of, of Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't know. I need my I need my I need my my port. I need like I need him to be bigger. I need him to be I'm, I'm like chubbier. I need that kind of like larger than life feeling that like James Avery brings. This guy so brings wait, it. He's in, he's everything that James Avery gave you was mainly based on his weight. <laughs> Not his weight, his stature. He's so big. He's like he he feels so much larger than life. Because Will Smith is a tall guy, and James he Avery is. is just still much more imposing. And I think because of that, like it's like from a physicality point of view, it's it, it's like it's just it's just there. I don't know. Like I don't need the fat jokes, but I need that kind of like like that 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 stature, that physical stature. In my opinion, that's just me. So for but, you, what's well, the one thing I do want to say to that is that like what what you want, I feel like I got in terms of his swag and his confidence and his, you know, patriarchal rule over his family. I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, the matriarchal rule of Anne Viv is also very much there. Like these parents are really mm-hmm. powerful uh, at what they at, at business relations, but also at their parental relations. Um, I don't disagree with you, though, to be. Because, yes, but that's part of my problem. Not problem. Like, it's not a problem. It's like, it's literally my problem of like me trying to separate the original to this one because I had to look at this one as like kind of its own, obviously, its own thing, right? The, Uncle Phil is good. He is good. Uh, Aunt Viv is also good. Very different from, you know, new Aunt, you know, the originals. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Hillary here. Now Hillary's update is that she wants to be like an influencer, like kind of a YouTuber. Uh, I thought that was, you know, that made sense. Poor Ashley in these three episodes that we saw got the shit out of the <laughs> stick. We have, I have, she's so is, underdeveloped. She's an environmentalist, and then that's it. I think I see her. I, I saw her like a total of three minutes in the whole series that we've yeah. seen so far. So. Well, or, I, the first well, intro I got to her, though, I was worried. I was like, no, they're going to make her a caricature because she was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, other than global warming and a terrible economy, I'm totally fine or something like that. I was like, and then she just maybe the writers realized, like, you know what? We fucked up on this one. Let's just erase her until we get it right. Until. Yeah, seriously. What's <laughs> what was the character from? And just like that. The Sarah Ramirez uh, character, Che, the Che Award, to mm. most, uh, we should we should hand that out now, <laughs> to the biggest caricatures of like young people or gay people or whatever. The character, the, the Che Award this this year goes for this episode, will go to Ashley. I was going to say, now. how could you have this year go to anyone but Che herself? I mean, <laughs> Che wins it because she she created the award. It's named after her. But even well, what did you think about Hillary? I like Hillary. So they didn't make her ditzy, which was smart. Mm-hmm. And they kind, you know, the influencer uh, storyline for her, it's like, you know, it's palpable because, like, uh, who doesn't want to be an influencer? I mean, it's we relevant. do this podcast because we want to be paid to do podcasting. You know yes. what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like, I get it. I, we're, we're, we're all star fuckers when it comes down to it. Uh, so that, I, I, I liked it. And then, so her storyline, the first three episodes, is the fact that like her mom wants, you know, she's at uh, a high school, a high school graduate. She hasn't gone to college yet, but she's trying to pursue this like kind of creative field. And her mom is kind of pushing her to like do something more with her life. She wants her to like do like this. Uh, they call it haute eatery. It's like supposed to be like bon appetit, but they mm. have kind of a problematic outlook on their audience that like she calls out. 
Yeah. You know, she, 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 again, another one where we're kind of solidifying these characters. I hate to say wokeness because it always sounds like a negative, but like these characters are way more woke than the, she's way more woke than Hillary Banks ever was. Right. And I, and yes. I appreciate it to be totally honest. I, yes. I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think they gave her way more to work with. And also like, it was nice that with all the shit happening with Carlton, that he has somebody that he can talk to in that household mm-hmm. that isn't a parental figure. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was a good move. Um, again, I like everything that they do, but sometimes I think they go a little too far or they go a little too broad or they make it a little too caricature. That's my overall feeling about this show is that I liked it. I watched three episodes, you know, if mm-hmm. I don't like it, I don't watch I know. past the first episode when we were pitching this episode to each other. I told you, it's just like, you only have to watch one if you want. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank God. And but it you ended are three up being, episodes in. Yeah. It, I mean, well, of course, I was a sucker for the Carlton and the Will stuff because it's also like, oh, my God, you know, like these two. What the fuck? But right. in a very interesting way, you do kind of understand both of their positions. Now, of course, I do think they're villainizing Carlton slightly. You know, he's the one who's using drugs. He's the one that got kicked off of the lacrosse uh, 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 field. You know, for his mm-hmm. anger issues and like and but I think that's what they're going for is that he's got a bad influence in his life and who's changing him, right? Lisa said that. The um, the, the the white guy, right? Yes, the white guy, yeah. yes, Connor or whatever. Connor. Uh whereas Will's kind of like perfect and the shining basketball star D one. I don't know what that means, but you know, he's District a D one. That means he that means that you're going to a D one college. Uh so like one of the uh you know, like you know, March Madness. Yes. This is a gay guy trying to explain my college basketball. So you, I even know barely anything of it. But that's what a D1 school is one of those like schools that like are usually featured in March Madness. Oh, like St. Peter's. Is is that a D1 school? I in think St. Peter's. Yeah, I think St. Peter's got all the way to March Madness and they got pretty far ones. Okay, maybe then I, maybe I'm talking out of my ass because I just I thought that was like the schools in the Midwest, you know, like yeah. So I I mean again, we're two gay film nerds trying to discuss <laughs> basketball here. So, but that's the thing, like you know, I felt I actually felt bad for Carlton too because it's like everyone's kind of like Will's killing it, you know, not really doing that much bad things, good head on his shoulders, and here you are looking like a stupid little shit who's losing himself. Um, well, so he is kind of a spoiled little shit though. He is, yeah. Right. And that's the thing. And that, you know, when is it Zanny or is it he's just lying and he's actually doing coke? I don't know. I mean, when I he was Zanny, at the party. He was doing lines. And I don't know if that kid was doing lines. of Zanny. I think Zanny's more in right now, to be honest. If I'm to believe Euphoria, mm. Zanny is the hot is is in. So is fentanyl, but like I don't think they're they're fucking with that in Bel Air. I, I could be it's wrong. It's a shame because Xanax isn't that great, guys. So don't do Zanny's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, great. when you're you're dumb teenager, like what else do you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, kids don't uh, do drugs. Yes, kids. <laughs> Even though don't I think be... our our listeners are actually older than us, kids don't do drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, overall, this is actually something that we. Well, the question: Did we need this? Because I was about mm-hmm. to say something about that, but I have to ask the question first. How much do you think we needed this show? I don't think we need it. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think we need so. it, right? Uh, but considering we don't need it, I'm kind of still liking it. I think it's just like you know what, this was this is a hard this is a hard task. Yeah, to go again to go from comedy to drama, that's a hard thing to do. Easier to do the opposite, but yeah. I think 
you know, props to 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 Morgan Cooper here for coming up with the concept that works and kind of figuring out like, okay, these are the elements that were in the original one, and this is how we can dramatize them. And you know me, and I'm, expand, yeah, and expand, yeah. I'm a sucker for teen dramas. This is uh, so far better than the new uh, Gossip Girl, for example. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, Cause that's the thing. I'm, uh, you know, is it better than Euphoria? No, but it's trying, and I, I appreciate it. It, it. it has a vision, and I like that. Yeah, you know, to me, the most interesting part of all of this was that it was a fan made thing that went viral and got you know greenlit for two fucking seasons that gives me hope for a next generation of content creators and that you know because now if you're trying to make it in the movies you know film festivals are bullshit uh you know how do you how do you get recognized by a studio or anything you know like filmmakers have been kind of drowning for a while well now here we have this new platform like something like tiktok which I think people should embrace and stuff to put content out there because you never know who's going to fucking watch it. And, and the influencer uh, trajectory really is going to get people far. So more than that, I thought that was really interesting and exciting, like new wave of content creators uh, for film and television. Uh, but what did uh, what did you guys think? Did you watch this episode? Uh, you know, did you see our video about this and and just were so tuned off, turned off by the idea of Bel Air? Did you give it a shot? Let us know your thoughts. Email us remakes reboots revivals at gmail dot com. We are active on Instagram at remakes reboots revivals. We're on Twitter at remakes podcast. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Search for remakes reboots revivals, and you can subscribe and catch our videos and podcast episodes on our YouTube. We also have a hotline where you can call in and let your voice be heard, and that number is. 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. And if you enjoy this podcast on whatever platform you listen to, just give us a little bit of a rating. Let your thoughts be heard. And we would love to hear your thoughts and to see your overall support for this show. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we, we've been doing this for a while. Three years, almost four, you know. Mm, so. God. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, wow. So yeah, we if you've been listening for a while and you have some thoughts or something you've always wanted to say, don't hesitate, reach out. A couple of you have, and but we want more. We want more. Yeah, we do want more. So always but yeah. more. So yeah, we'll we'll discuss what we're gonna do next week. Maybe it will be our quarterly review. Maybe we'll do one more before our quarterly review. But mm-hmm. uh until next week, stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal. And if it's uh, St. Patrick's Day when you guys are listening to this, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Day.